0: We've all heard about the amazing power of gratitude, but can gratitude lead people to be better problem solvers? Can gratitude lead to cross-functional teams coming together? Can gratitude lead to greater levels of productivity? In today's episode, we interview Lexi Thompson, author of the recently released book, The Power of a Graceful Leader. In this episode, Lexi uncovers how gratitude leads to creating new possibilities. It even helped a leader she coached succeed in a turnaround.
1: Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. And I am happy to be here with my co-host, Mitch Simon on the West Coast. And I'm on the East Coast. And we are thrilled today to have the wonderful Lexi Thompson, who is going to share with us the work she has done in the field of the power of a graceful leader. And in fact, that is the name of her new book, what she will share with us. And Lexi has um, been an ad, still is for the Center of Creative Leadership, which is quite a lift. That is fabulous. And is part of the Forbes Coaching Council. And she's known for, um developing the Tribal Gratitude Journals, and we'll probably hear a little bit about that also. So welcome, Lexi.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Sane. 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 Just thrilled, as I already mentioned. So to begin, would love to um, hear about what your year has been like. Uh, I don't think any group can get together without having a discussion what has been the influence on you? How have you grown? Have you navigated it?
2: Yeah. So um, the in your in relationship to COVID, I'm guessing, is where we're going with this, right? So, so um, I had a practice of flying places every month for half a month at a time, and that stopped completely. Yeah. <laughs> and then some revenue that went with that flying went with it, right? So, <laughs> So I remember the moment in March when I went, oh, this is quite interesting. I'm not sure where this is going to go, how long this is going to last. Within three days, several clients called and said, hey, we don't know what to tell you. We're going to have to cancel this and cancel that. Um, And and oddly enough, I remember feeling a lot of relief. (laughs) So while I saw the bank account quickly going, oh, that's not going to happen and that's not going to happen, I also didn't see myself drudging to the airport to get on a plane to be somewhere. Mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting internal response to many thousands of dollars going down the toilet (laughs) because I would have expected that I would panic and I was pleasantly surprised to see that I did not panic. Um, It's not to say that I didn't have moments of panic after that moment, but in that moment I didn't, that wasn't my first instinctive response. And, um, I'm an introvert by nature. And so I think that was probably part of it was like, Hey, I don't have to do the grind kind of thing. Yeah. I love going. Once I'm there, I'm fine. It's like going to the gym. It's just getting there. Yes. Um, but I think COVID for me has had a, um, another impact was we're opening, we've opened up our in the process of opening a leadership retreat center here in Vermont. So you can imagine <laughs> That yeah, things oh happened either. Right. Yeah. We had lined up a couple, we were going to open full steam fall of last year. Well that hasn't happened and still hasn't happened. And so it was, it was a humbling experience on many way, many levels to, to understand the lack of control that I have, mm-hmm. what we have at large. I'm sure a lot of us have reckoned with that as a result of this impact. However, it's come for you. Um, but I have a really robust gratitude practice. And as a result, I'll, I'll sit in the wallow for a while, but I don't spend lots of time there. I'm looking for the creative opportunity that sits on the other side of most of these things. And it resulted in finishing that book that we're about ready to talk about. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was
1: so thrilled when I saw it being introduced. So let's move to that. You highlight three um, main components of, of the graceful leadership, um, integration, alignment, and flow. Uh, could you talk about those a little bit, please?
2: Sure. So I've been in the executive leadership space and coaching and consulting for a couple of decades now. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I have found that I, I enjoy, and it's just kind of innate as I look for patterns And they obviously, if you're looking for them, they'll present themselves. And so those three things seem to be consistent personal and professional barriers as leaders work to ascend in their career path and, and, and quite intimate as well. Right. So talk to someone about, are you in your flow? They kind of look at you like, I don't even know what you're asking me. Right. So then you go, okay, well, are you in, are you in alignment? They're like well, yeah, I'm meeting all my goals. My metrics are through the roof. And you're like, yeah, not quite what I was thinking, but that's great, right? We definitely need those performance things. And then integration wasn't even worth talking about because if we couldn't go to flow and align- in alignment, integration was definitely, if it was happening, in some cases it was happening, it was definitely not a conscious, intentional event. Um, so that's kind of how the three of these kind of came into being to explore.
1: So share with us an example of this leader who is working with his or her team and he's in flow what would the, what actions would we see what behaviors would we see
2: yeah so th- i think that that's there's some big variables about the person's strength set and and their orientation to their their craft but some common themes that i've seen is that when a leader's in flow they are they're there and they're not called in very often because they've deployed a team that's capable and innovating and problem solving. And so they're just there to remove barriers or open doors. Mm-hmm. And and that's all they need to do. But that's a very vulnerable place for a leader to be because prior to that moment, you're also acknowledging the fact that you aren't really needed anymore, right? And well, we all talk about, having a strong bench and making sure you have succession planning. When it comes to knocking on your own door, it's a very vulnerable place to be. Mm-hmm. But it's almost a prerequisite to knowing that you're finding flow as a leader. Because the more you're in your flow, the less you're doing the command and control type of leading. And you're kind of just um kind of becoming maybe the bumper, the bumpers on the bowling alley, right? You're there, but they don't need you very often. They kind of have to bump in to know that you're even there. And, um, and that, I think that's a kind of a good clue to know when you're in flow and and what it would feel like and what it could look like to people watching, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I like your analogy of the bowling alley and, and the bumpers. That So a person, a leader comes to you and says, um, like you said already, um, I'm, I'm doing well, mm-hmm. Um. I hear you do some cool things with leaders. <laughs> you, can, you can help me get to a place I'm not at. Yeah. Uh, what kind of questions do you ask that leader?
2: And, well, I, I mean, no, in that, yeah, in that particular situation, I'd be like, well, what makes you think you're not where you need to be? You mm-hmm. know, where, where is this utopia of a place you think you should be? Tell me about yeah. that. Um, and, and oftentimes that leads into a pretty personal situation or a conversation around, you know, I, I wake up in the morning and I'm nailing it and I'm making a buttload of money. But man, there's got to be something else. This mm-hmm. not be all that there is as a leader and as a, as maybe a business owner. Um, and so that's a, that's a deep conversation into looking at alignment and understanding. Okay. So. If that's, if that's the truth or that's the thing you want to explore, then let's look at a future state of what you can imagine. You know, we talk about goals. What's your five-year goal? What's your 10-year goal? But very often we don't ask people, how does it feel
0: when mm-hmm. you're
2: five years down the road? Mm-hmm. What are the metrics for five years down the road? And we answer 20% revenue, four new offices, I'm jet-setting around the world. But how does that feel? Because if if I was to give you that scenario as success, which I would have at one point in my career, I would have slowed down and told you that didn't feel good. I didn't want to be setting around the world. I didn't want to be responsible for four new stores. You know, that's and funny. that's kind of where you start to get really honest about who you are and what you do.
1: I love that. And now, again, I'm going to push you on. Now you have this team, And I'm starting to realize this myself, okay, and I'm trying to uh, be more aligned about this inner piece of me. We've been hearing a lot of things around be more mindful, ask more questions, reach out in a more emotional way. Um, Again, what kinds of techniques? And I know we don't like to say, oh, just plaster these techniques and, and you're going to be aligned. And yet there are certain practice things. Uh, what, what have you seen worked?
2: Well, in all candor, the what I have found to be the fastest portal into this is a gratitude practice. And people laugh at me. I remember I used to send executive leaders these beautifully, these leather binder, like journals that with empty in the middle, right? And I'd send it and say, okay, we're going to journal. And they'd be like, no, nope, not really. We're not doing yes. that. Don't, don't even know what that is. Next. So that's why I ended up developing those journals that I did create, because it was more of a quick hit, fast fix, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, but they were still getting the mindset shift to look for what was working instead of what wasn't working, Uh not to ignore what wasn't working, but to understand that's just a small part of the collective picture. Um, So a gratitude practice is one really, really quick way when you really get in the flow of it. Um, to make that shift in mindset that's requested to be a graceful leader.
1: So the 10 minutes in the morning and the 10 minutes at night begins to create a habit, Yeah, it begins to grow that muscle.
2: Yeah. we You know, a lot of times I'm reading now, like what are the 10 mindfulness hacks or hack for this or a hack for this performance? I suppose gratitude could be considered a hack, right? It, yeah. it, is, it is a very, very specific a very heart-centered activity, which is required in order to enter grace.
1: Now, would you in turn, uh, or do you encourage leaders to then turn around? Hey, the whole team should be be doing journaling.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> sure, and not everybody's going to journal, right? So, right. A, a gratitude journaling is a, is a entry point into a gratitude practice. It's certainly not the only one. It's effective. Um, but there's a lot of science about gratitude. Now you can, you can do that through a gratitude walk. You can be in nature. You can practice your just simply expressing appreciation where, it, where it matters
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in real time. You know, one of the biggest feedbacks pushbacks I get is, Oh, great. Now I'm going to go tell everybody how thankful I am for them. And they're all going to want to raise so I'm like, <laughs> really? Like, wow okay well that's a place to start right and and so we have to have the conversation between recognition and gratitude at some point they could be the same thing but they don't necessarily
1: that's right
2: same thing um so there's again it's really bringing in some of that gray matter um and and it doesn't have to look the same for everybody there's a uh we're working on gratitude in a library system and in uh, Colorado right now. And so we spend quite a few weeks and everyone's starts with a journal, but then 10% are always going to throw the journal in the corner and say, that's not my thing. And right. that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. They're going to find other ways. They're like, I write a note um, every day and drop it in a jar. Fine. Great. That's awesome. You know, Yes. Um, and you can get really creative. It's really about looking for what's working and looking for magical moments in life.
1: Yes. Yes. And
0: what, what is it, what does that look like when you're, when you're in a team meeting? Um, um, especially now with remote or hybrid teams, what might a gratitude practice look like on that team?
2: Yeah. So, well, I can tell you exactly how it looks because there's quite a few I'm working with. So they'll open up with what's working before they go to solve a problem. And really interestingly enough is, um, especially when on purpose we get cross-functional teams coming together for this reason, they have really, really, and especially in this commu- this um, more virtual world, they're finding very innovative solutions because all of a sudden I'm listening to accounting express some, hey, we're really thankful that we got the accounting cycle closed 10% faster than we're used to. This is why we're doing it. All of a sudden I'm in supply chain. I'm like, oh my God, that thing will work over here through this application and we're able to do uh, whatever we do for our our processes over here. And all of a sudden the possibility has exponential impact because one person just came in and said, I'm really grateful that we got closed down in 10 days faster. And the other team's like, wow, I think we can use that over here. And they're realizing that direct impact in a different way in the business. And that wasn't happening before because quite frankly, we didn't walk three stories up to accounting, right? We would, and that's not a great way to do it all the time for sure. And so that interaction wasn't happening. So a lot of ways that we're helping combat, helping combat like Zoom fatigue and things like that, is to have these kinds of cross-functional meetings because it requires a level of presence when you're with people you don't know than if you're doing the mundane Monday day, Monday morning meeting call out with your intact team. Now, with an intact team, you can do you can do it as well. Um, there's other ways to like I call it gratitude and action. Like, how did you express your gratitude, not just mm. what you're talking to? Um, and those teams have myriad of different ways of expressing gratitude. Um, and there's a bazillion ways, they really innovative ways they're doing it. And that just keeps the possibility. So the other thing is when you're in and you start with the negative, which is going to happen, right? You have right. a problem. It's a crisis. We have to deal with it right now. The platitudes of nice, you know, those utopia are going to have to be on the end of the meeting. Yeah. So inevitably, someone comes. They state the the crisis or problem, and then immediately someone on the team says, "Okay, what's the possibility in the current situation?" So now you've acknowledged mm-hmm. the situation. You're not placating, you're gaslighting it. You're acknowledging it, and then all of a sudden you're lifting your gaze up, going, "Okay, what's the possibility?" Mm-hmm. Um, and that changes everything. Versus, here's the problem. What are we going to do? Whose fault is it? Da 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 da. Oh
1: yeah. So just concentrating on the concept of gratitude, and you can have concept, it can be a concept or as you said, gratitude in action, you immediately are changing the mindsets of how we're approaching things. Yes. Because if I'm appreciating Mitch, I'll be less inclined to say, Mitch, you're driving me crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or at least when you say he's driving you crazy, you'll do it with kindness and love and respect for him that you might not otherwise. Be. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. That's fabulous. Can you share one or two or maybe the most significant um, of a turnaround you had? I mean, um, someone I would call a hard case, you know. He yeah. uh, <laughs> just did not want to go there to yeah. this gratitude stuff.
2: Yeah. So, um working in oil and gas with a client in Texas. And um, that's a pretty, you know, engineering's kind of, it either works or it doesn't work, right? It's mm-hmm. pretty black. And you want that to be black and white. You don't want to go, there's the possibility in the plane taking off and staying intact. <laughs> you actually want them to know that's going to happen. Exactly. So, right? So um, there's a senior VP that I have the absolute honor of working with the past couple of years. And in the beginning of our time together, He he said things like, oh, my God, do we really have to spend time being nice to each other? Can we just get to business? Yes. Yes. And and it didn't happen overnight. (laughs) Um, And let's fast forward to uh, he he was they were struggling with going virtual pre covid. He's like, "Okay, this isn't going to work. We don't need to bother with that. This is what we know works. Um, I know those young people want the pleasure of working from home but we're not going to do that. Okay? <laughs> Three months before COVID hit, um, he has a pretty developed uh, HR business partner that knew that that's what would have to happen, whether he knew it or not. Yeah. So he was creating the framework and the possibilities and the systems. Well, he's hearing this isn't going to happen. Three months later, COVID comes, it's happening. Whether you like it or not, it's here. And thank God they had some systems. It wasn't perfect, but they weren't totally caught off guard. And now this was, this was just a, we all just sat there and went, huh? Like this, we were in an executive team meeting and they're talking about how to re-enter the workforce, right? Cause that's a topic right now. And he's like, they're like, okay, so do we bring everybody back in? How are we going to do that? Are we going to do that? Are we going to renew our lease? All the conversations everybody's dealing with. And he goes, you know what? We're not going to do that right now. And everybody went, huh? And he goes, no, nope. I don't think we're ready yet. And when we do do it, it's going to be voluntary. If someone feels ready and able and capable to do that, they can go back into the office with the right protocols. And if they don't, we're going to have tolerance for that as well. Now that is a yeah. football field away from where he started a year and a half prior to COVID. Yes. And that's transformational.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. And of course, that message then is passed on to his team
2: and the
1: richness uh, keeps going.
2: Yeah, and they're innovating like nobody's business right now, which is really yeah. fun to see.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Lexi, you had so with that gentleman, you had worked on. I guess you'd worked a year and a half on being present, being grateful.
2: Yeah, and and just you know, we would talk about in his one-on-one sessions, like, "What do you want for your life?" No one had asked him that in a decade, right? Mm-hmm. He used financial measures—that was easy. Well, I need this, and I need that, and I need that. And now all of a sudden, he's like, "Um, I'll continue in this role um, if I don't have to go back to the office very often. That's him him talking. I want to get in an RV. I want to travel the country. You know, I want to come spend time at Ubuntu with Lexi. I want to to do these things. And and all of a sudden, all of that became possible simply overnight. And he sees a world of possibility for himself. And when you see it for yourself, it's much easier to extend it to others. Uh Yeah.
0: There you go. Wow. So I love this. I love this connection that you're making between getting present, feeling grateful and creating possibilities, creating, you know, new things that wouldn't have, you wouldn't have seen them before, Yeah, yeah. which is, which is, again, it's, um, it's, it's wonderful to see. And then it's one of those things where as someone who doesn't come from that background, how do you get me on the same page? to To have the patience to not throw away the journal, mm-hmm. to you know sit for five minutes so that I can actually get to that place. That's that's I think the is the challenge, the opportunity. Yeah, I, I guess both, uh,
2: right? And so, yeah, I mean that's if you're working with someone, that's really the job of figuring out where the interest and the the passion and the the previous moments of finding flow exist. Even if you have to go back to your college days, it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes that's where you weren't so constrained with your reality of adulting that you were more liberated to be experiencing life on life's terms, which is really all any of us can do. COVID has got to teach us that. I mean,
1: yeah,
2: this is a tough place to be and a tough time to be there, but it's so ripe for new possibilities. It's so mm-hmm. right. Yeah.
1: You recently wrote an article and you touched upon this a little bit on why some leaders um this is such a challenge for them, yeah uh, why they won't go <laughs> right on the journey,
2: yeah, yeah, so there was four four piece parts of that article, and it was inconvenience pain work and and the risk of it, so uh-huh. the inconvenience is kind of like there's a little bit of a sacrifice, and in the example I used in the article was we were building a home, we want to be good stewards of the planet, um. I come from an oil and gas environment being in Texas for so long. Um, some many of my clients are there. So, and yeah, I was like, Oh, should I have propane for backup energy? Cause that's, that's a little incongruent with what we say we want to do here, you know? And so right. does that mean, I have to learn how to use an induction stove. Oh God, that's going to be awful. Right. And, yeah. and, and it's a conundrum because then, I, then at the end of the day, I'm in the mountains. I need backup energy. It's a reality. And the only source, because we didn't have solar yet, is there's a propane tank out in the yard. So there's mm-hmm. this constant wrestling between once you know who you are and where you're going and your purpose and your why in the world, there's a reckoning you have to do very frequently about, about the alignment piece there. And that was just a small example of one I've had to wrestle with.
1: That's great because make, letting folks know it's a fact and you will be wrestling with it. Uh-huh. Now you know more about yourself and where you want to go and you're going to have a lot of wrestling and that's okay.
2: That's yeah. okay. yeah. It's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then another reason was um, pain. A lot of times when people enter into grace and when they really cut, go into an internal conversation in your internal landscape, the reason you haven't done it in the million masks that you've created to function in the world, your ego itself, which isn't innately bad or good. It just is. Being willing to look behind those, it, there's a lot of courage it takes many times, depending, you know, variations of that for everybody, of course. But most of us would just rather not, you know, mm-hmm. everything's good until it's not. Everything's good. I'm, I don't have any reason to go digging up that monster. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to be stupid. I'm fine. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I'm fine. I mean is yeah, bliss
2: in some points. I mean yeah. we all know it's there. We never none of us got out of childhood without a wound. Not one of us. And no right. matter how utopian your childhood was, there's something there to deal with. And and why judge it up, you know? But the reality is is in order to get back to flow to create alignment to become a conscious being, that's part of the process.
1: Right. Right.
2: Yeah. So work work was the part where You're you're talking now about you know Mitch was like okay let's just get the results and now I'm saying let's have the feelings. (laughs) How do you feel about those results? He's like I don't care I got them we're good you know. And so now being willing to talk about how we feel about things is that's a whole that's a whole podcast on itself right? Yeah. And people will do many 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 things, addictions and otherwise, to avoid feeling many things. Oh yeah. So there's the there's another rub, and then. um not much less deal with my own feelings, but now I have a whole company of people that actually have feelings that somehow I'm going to have to synthesize. I'm good. We're good. (laughs) Um, And then risk, you know, we talk about risk. We've come so far in our culture litigiously that, I mean, in bigger corporations, it's hard to be a business leader and, and know your people without feeling really uh, tentative and cautious and maybe afraid to be able to ask them what we now consider intimate questions, like how come you're not feeling good? Is there something I can do for you? Ooh, don't ask that question. Don't ask. Mm-hmm. That. So we have those real barriers in a lot of our a lot of our business structures that create a real a real issue.
1: Mm-hmm. And so then we have to go to the to to the gracefulness of it all, um, and to give folks permission. It's okay to go there.
2: Yeah, but- make it safe. Yeah. The dilemma is, though, we can this is the biggest one of the biggest hurdles is we can do that and we can say that and we can even mean that and we can put up, you know, appreciative inquiry. We can do all kinds of good things in our organization. And then our HR system is still rewarding this other behavior. Oh, yeah. Right. So our, our compensation and our metrics actually frustrate this new system we're trying to create. And so we actually end up at times doing more damage than we are good. So we have to be willing to overhaul our systems as well as our our internal systems as well as our external systems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like to say you have to build the infrastructures now to support it or it just becomes mud on the wall. Um oh that's interesting and then they walk away from your retreat and that's <laughs> it, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, this is fascinating. What um what recommendations do you have for uh Leaders going into 2021?
2: Oh boy. I think that leaders going into 2021 need to be still inside themselves more often mm-hmm. than they're willing to be because it can be uncomfortable. Yeah. And really listen to the intuitive sense of who they are and then go test the hypothesis. Do not assume your intuition is everybody's truth because it's simply not reality. Mm-hmm. And if I sit here and say, as a business owner, I have an intuitive sense. Everybody wants to be back in the office. Everybody, right? Right. The truth is that depending on the type of business, there's going to be a bulk of people that actually that is true for. Mm-hmm. But there's also going to be Lexi who's like, no, nah, not really. I'm good over here. I've got my metrics all working out. I've got it figured out. I don't need to be back in the office. And so there's, there's a very big conversation around the flow of how we work right now. Mm-hmm. And leaders – and many of the leaders that I have the honor to work with are willing to hold that conversation and really allow the conversation to evolve over a period of time rather than one conversation, a decision and an executing. Because this is an emotionally heavy lift for everyone.
1: What you just said, there is an incredible amount of patience, I think, that comes with a graceful leader. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen all in the one meeting. And that's uncomfortable for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, as you said, it's real typical. No, I, I really did the, pr- the problem solving and the cost benefit analysis. And here's the decision. Yeah. You are so right. Yeah. Just that mindset. Yeah. What's the whole new hybrid environment is forcing us to look at. Yeah, that's a great. I really love that. Stand still. Yeah, well, We've learned that. Mitch,
0: any final thoughts? I would love um to end this podcast with a couple you know practices that you would suggest uh-huh. that leaders take on because yes, we've been in this for a year i just I just do think that a lot of people have used this year to to find out that there's something to listen to uh-huh. in themselves, but still have not. Like kicking and screaming, like, I don't know, I'm not going there. I'm just gonna wait for this thing to go over and go back to normal. Um, and of course, what you're pointing out is that these are these are just incredibly great leadership skills that the this new environment has you know thrust upon us. And so for those of us who are not uh, yet practicing patience and and grace and listening to our intuition. Uh, What are some practices that you would suggest that we take on? Yeah.
2: So I think it's going to be obvious that I'm going to say gratitude practice. Um, And it doesn't have to be a journal. It can literally be many other things. Uh, The next thing is I would say, use the skill of curiosity. And when you feel like you're digging in or you have resistance to an internal conversation with yourself, or definitely when it's external to people that you're leading, that you offer yourself the pregnant pause of grace to say, huh, I'm curious about why this is happening and I'm going to pause for a minute enough to look and then listen before I act. Um, A lot of things that we thought we knew in the business structure are no longer true. They've been shattered and I'm not, I would even assert that they were never true, but (laughs) we had them cloaked so well inside a system Yes. Leave them to be true. And maybe perhaps a better way to say it is the the real truth is sitting there waiting for a leader who's brave enough to really make the inquiry gently and kindly into it. Um, And the third thing is to just be gentle with yourself and, and be willing to look within, whether that's with a coach in a meditation practice, sitting out in nature and talking to a tree, your dog, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, But be willing to take a look at at you, yeah.
1: Those were
2: great. Those were great,
1: Lexi. um, uh, Your book is out. Yeah, I I guess we can find it
2: where on Amazon.
1: Okay, on Amazon, and uh, of course we can find you on LinkedIn and your website
2: and Facebook and Instagram. Yep, all those places. Yep.
1: All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's thank been very you. rich.
2: Thank you very much for the time, and thank you. I've listened to several of the podcasts, and I've got I've gotten some really good nuggets myself. And I appreciate you both making the time to offer this to the world. Thank you. Thank you, Lexi.
0: Great. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Lexi, for being our guest, and thank you to our great listeners for another episode of team anywhere and please share this podcast like lexi is with your friends because yeah there's a lot of really great information on how we handle this new hybrid world together all right and we'll see you next time